Well, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I'm excited to be back tonight, re-energized, renewed, reinvigorated, and ready to serve the Lord. God bless you. Hello, everybody. If you need to get online, send a text, send a phone call, uh, link us up with your Facebook page, tell somebody we're back. God bless you. I'm so excited to be here tonight. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise your name. We bless you for who you are. Speak to us, speak through us, and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Let's look at the scriptures tonight. Uh, I've been dealing with Proverbs, and I'm in Proverbs chapter 19 tonight. <coughs> Proverbs chapter 19. And here is the title, Answers for the Struggle, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. Answers for the Struggle, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to deal tonight with this, uh, this text, and we're looking at 19th chapter, and I want to deal with nine lessons from Proverbs 19. Nine lessons from Proverbs 19. <coughs> Nine lessons from Proverbs 19. And I want to begin with verses 1 through 3. Nine lessons from Proverbs 19. Thank you all for the welcome back signs. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. Amen. It's good to be here. Beginning at verse 1. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is twisted in his speech and is a short-sighted fool. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurries and his feet acting impulsively and proceeding without caution or analyzing the consequences, sins, he misses the mark. The foolishness of man undermines his ways running wherever, whatever he undertakes, ruining rather, whatever he undertakes. Then his heart is resentful and raged against the Lord for being a fool. He blames the Lord instead of himself. I want to take words right out of the, the text itself, and I want to call this first point short-sighted stooge. Short-sighted stooge, another word for fool or idiot. Some of you remember the, uh, the Stooges, Three Stooges. And there's a place where we can really act with such simple-mindedness that we show how ignorant we are. And he suggested that a person who, even if he has wealth and substance, if he has a twisted speech, he's short-sighted. I'm sure everybody has a figure that pops in your mind. Doesn't matter how much he has, doesn't matter how much she has, if their speech is twisted, and by twisted it relates to the fact that they speak out of both sides of their mouth. They tell lies. They, they, they bring up and then they push down. They ruin other people. They gossip. That, that person is short-sighted. 
that person is a stooge because they don't realize that what they are doing not only ruins the lives of those who they impose their ignorance upon, but ruins themselves. And it, it is a person who will work in life without seeking knowledge, without seeking to gain wisdom, without seeking to, to grow, a person who, who gets overly excited. You know, there are some people that are just impulsive. No matter what you say, no matter what's going on, they're always in a hurry. I got to go do this. I got to go that. They have no caution. They throw caution to the wind, and they're often running. That person is short-sighted. You know, just because someone else may see it as an emergency doesn't mean it is an emergency. Just because someone else may want to make you move fast doesn't mean you should move fast because you need to be able to count up the cost. What will this activity cost me? What will be the repercussions of what happens here? What repercussions are going to come of it? What's going to happen next? Uh, we, right now we're in this uh, moment of tension between the USA and Taiwan. And Taiwan is, is, is a country where they're trying to stand out away from China, and China wants to see them as a territory that they own. Well, Nancy Pelosi, our Speaker of the House, made a visit there. The Chinese are upset because they think that's a step towards Taiwanian sovereignty. And they're rattling sabers. They're having war games outside of the waters of Taiwan. Well, the reality is China can act a fool if they want to. But not only are they probably outgunned by the U.S., but their economy is already on edge. If they take away the exports they make to the United States, their economy would fail. Literally, as much as we depend upon China for their exports, they depend upon the USA to receive them. So it's, it's mutually shared destruction in a way because our economic sanction against them hurts us. Their economic sanction against us hurts them. So either way it goes, if they act short-sightedly, they're a stooge. They, they can rattle sabers and talk all the junk they want, but they will lose as much as we will. They will be hurt as much as we will. The reality is that if they function short-sightedly as a short-sighted stooge, they hurt themselves. You, you've heard the expression of a person who cuts off their nose to spite themselves. That's where a short-sighted stooge is. You, 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 uh, you wanted to win the argument, so you cussed your mama out. Oh, you got away with it. You said what you wanted to say. No, you groaned. She didn't knock you out. No, she didn't kick you out. But all of a sudden, your relationship changed. What you could have received, you don't receive. The blessings you could have had, you don't have. The money you need, you can't get because you're in a bad relationship. 
You cut off your father, okay, you can get away with it, but what you could have, you what one has to realize, you have to be careful not to act impulsively or proceed without caution because there are always consequences. I know you get mad at people sometimes and sometimes you want to just tell them off, you want to cuss them out. You know, you know, you've got to learn. There are, there are ways to handle things. I, I watched the other day and I, I, I watched and I thank God that he is such a wise young man. But, but, but I couldn't believe how the Green Bay police treated one of our own. I couldn't believe that that officer would, would take A.J. Dillon and he, he goes down on the field at Green Bay. And he, he's down there because another officer has come up to the stands. He's at a soccer game. There's a rain delay. An officer comes to the stands. He asks A.J. to come down and do the Lambeau leap. Now, the Lambeau leap, for those of you who don't know, is when one of the players scores a touchdown. He leaps off the field, and it's a high jump. And you, you have to be in shape. I promise you, nobody in here, and most of you listening to me, cannot make that jump. He, you have to make a high jump, and you're in the stands. And the fans love it. They go crazy. Ah! It's a big thing in Green Bay. He goes down to do it. The officers let him go through. He walks through. He's on the field. One officer comes up to him and grabs him by the collar and starts to ruffle him up. Another officer comes up to him and says, hey, 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 hey. I'm sure he told him that's A.J. Dillon. And at the moment, A.J. is there, and I know he's in a quandary because your first reaction when somebody snatch you up, as big as A.J. is, A.J. ain't no little boy. A.J., look, he plays football, but he was big before he left Connecticut. He got bigger in college. He's strong. He works out every day. He couldn't, I don't care how big that police officer was, if A.J. wanted to, he could have sent that boy into next week. And when I say that, old folk mean when you wake up, it'll be next week. A.J. didn't say nothing. The guy, the officer speaks to him. The man lets him go. But he can't just let him go. He then shoves A.J. in the back. And A.J. goes up and does the Lambo leap. The crowd goes crazy. But I said to myself, I said, that is bias and prejudice and privilege in that officer that had to get one more shove in to say, I don't care if you are rich, you, you're not better than me. A.J. went down as a favor. He went down to be supportive. He was in the stadium to support the city. And yet, that prejudice. But here's the thing. AJ's not short-sighted. He realizes his response to it was perfect. The way he handled it on the field, the way he handled it on, on social media was perfect. Why? Because he's not short-sighted. It's bigger than that one jump. It's bigger than that one officer. It's bigger than him. You don't need to rile up everybody else over it. It's bigger. He's not going to eradicate racism in that one moment. So you have to realize, keep your mind in check. Don't be short-sighted to respond to the moment. Because you have to know, foolishness will undermine you 
and ruin everything you undertake. That's what verse 3 says. When you act foolish, it's going to undermine you and ruin everything. Everything is going to be messed up. Keep your head. Don't be short-sighted. You got to know good things can happen. The, 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 you have to realize, and, and, and I'm so grateful to see you all online. Hey, Bishop, Dr. C.L., good to see you online with us, brother. It, it's, it's important that you recognize that, that people who are around you and people you associate with may or may not be in your life because they want to be. They may be in your life because of who you are and where you are. And don't ever get excited about who's in your life because you have to remember, number two here, you've got to remember situational socialization. Situational socialization. Verse four says, wealth makes many friends. Well, why weren't they your friends before you got money? But the poor man is separated from friends. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. Many who will seek the favor of the generous and noble man, and everyone is a friend to him who gives gifts. All the brothers of the poor man hate him. How much do more do his friends abandon him? He pursues them with words, but they are gone. Let me say it again. Situational socialization. You, you have to realize, and when you get this in your spirit, you'll be better off, that some people that want you to hang around with them now may not want to hang around with you when you're going through. They were never really your friends. They were people you socialized with. They were situational socialization. They are people you worked with. They weren't really your friends. So you've got to separate what is a work friend which is, versus what is a true friend. You've got to separate what is a friend that comes around when they see you doing well versus the person that will be with you when you're going through. See, I don't, I don't need friends as, as my personal friends that will only be with me when I'm on top because there are days when I'm not on top. There are days when I'm not on top. That's why, that's the difference between uh, folks dating and folk being married. Because see, when you're dating, you can walk around, you've got your, your best face on. That's the one that's all made up. It looks pretty. You done, you done did everything. You done teased your eyebrows. You done put on your spanks and pulled in what need to be pulled in. You don't, you don't put your best dress on. You don't put your push-up bra on. It's got that per perky, everything's perky and nice. You don't, hey, brother, you don't got your best smelling cologne. took your best bath. You looking good. You don't shave. You got your hair done. You looking good. You sparkling. Your nails are clean and everything. Oh, that's everybody good then. But the truth is, when you go to the bathroom, the truth is when your makeup's off, the truth is, is when you put your hair down or when you put it on the nightstand, the, 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 truth, the truth is when you unweave. Hey, now, the truth is, is when he just finished working, his nails are greasy and dirty. Or when you have to look at the bunions on his feet. 
They're the real truth. The real truth when you have to look at his ashy knees or his ashy legs. Look, people, there are situational socializations. People hang around you for all kinds of reasons. One thing you need to know is be able to recognize people that are in your life. Watch this. Stay with me now. People that are in your life for a season and people that are in your life to be there because they've been sent. There are some people that are just for a season and there are others that have been sent to be in your life. Now, when you check out the sent folk, make sure who sent them. Because Satan sends people too. Oh, I got a story to tell. Uh, there was a fellow uh, down in Chicago, and he was, uh, he was uh, known to be a little bit promiscuous. And um, he had gotten an argument with another fella, and, uh, and the other fella set him up. So the guy was known to be missing. He got this real fine girl to, to, to go after him. And boy, she went after him. She put them eyes on him. She rocked that hip to the side. I don't know. She might have done a, 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 a twerk once or twice. She might have dropped it like it's hot and then picked it up like it was warm. I don't know what she did. But she got his attention. He took her back to the hotel. He got well, they did what, what people do in hotel rooms besides sleep. Anyway, she, she did that thing. And then she left. She went to the bathroom and she left. No, no, hear my phone number, call me, whatever, la, 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 love you, so glad to meet you. I got to get home to my husband, oh, whatever that problem was. Listen, she left. He was all happy. I done did my thing. Ooh, ah, got it. Ooh, I tore it. Okay. He finally got up out the bed and went to the bathroom. And there on the mirror of the bathroom was written in her lipstick, Welcome to the wonderful world of AIDS. The guy that hated him sent him a woman that was infected with the original plague. That's the pandemic that's still going on that nobody talks about. Let me tell you something. Some people in your life for a season, some people have been sent to be in your life, but check where who sent them. Some people have been sent to be, a, and there are some people who are in your life who are there on assignment. That's a part of the sentness. God has assigned them to do things in your life, to bless you, to help you. And you may have probably been assigned to help them in some way. And you need to understand what that assignment is. And your fulfillment in life and purpose in life is in doing the assignments that God give us. Okay, I got I to gotta hurry because I'm, I'm going too slow for, for tonight. I, I'm back, y'all. I'm back. I'm feeling, I'm feeling materials tonight. Listen, listen, I got, I got one I want to read to you. Beginning of verse 8. He who gains wisdom and good sense loves, preserves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good and prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes lies will perish. Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a slave to rule over princes. 
good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger and it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. I need you to take verse 11 and underline it in your Bible, highlight it, because this is the thing that folk will have the hardest time with. It is the ability to overlook transgression. Some folk have no, no ability to look beyond when people do them wrong. And they get mad at you if you don't hold a grudge. If they love you and you look behind, beyond a transgression when somebody wronged you, they'd be like, well, wait a minute, no, no, no. They did this to you on this date or that. No, I don't hold it. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind and my spirit so I don't hate you forever. And here's why. Here's why. Number three in this list of nine. Number three is you have a secure sense. A secure sense. And I could even say a secure sense of self. When you have good sense, you are secure in your own skin. You're secure in your own skin. You have to get to be secure in your own skin. Where you get to the place where you walk in wisdom, you walk in good sense, you know, you, you're going to walk in and, and keep your soul under subjection, under the anointing of God, your understanding is going to grow, and you're not going to get upset over everything. You're going to realize that somebody lies on you. That's verse 9. They're going to be punished. I don't have to punish you. Sooner or later, God's going to get you. You breathe lies against me, you're going to perish, whether in this life or the next. I don't have to worry about you. My good sense allows me to be happy in my own skin. Happy in my own skin. Now, now this goes in a number of ways about being happy in your own skin. You, you, when you get secure in your own skin, I, I, um, I wish that I could, if I could be a friend, to Lizzo. She's, when I told my kids she was one of my favorite singers, she said they couldn't believe it. They, they liked to have a fit the other day. What? Lizzo? Yeah, but not for what you think. I love the fact that she loves herself. If I could get her to tone down the profanity and put on a few more clothes, I, I love the fact, though, that she has accepted the fact that she's a big girl. She's not going to all of a sudden get small. And even if she does lose weight, which will be completely up to her, I pray she stays healthy. And if, and if she desires to lose weight, pray she lose all she needs to lose and feels good about it. But, but the thing that, 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 that gets me and the thing that I want people to get is to get to the place where you are comfortable with you. Whether you're tall, comfortable, short, comfortable, larger, comfortable, smaller, comfortable. Don't fool yourself. Small people have just as many problems as big people. Because if you're small, the small don't always fit your smallness. 
So you got it, it, it fits your, your arm, but it won't go over your hands. It fits your, you, you get something to fit your, your upper torso, but it's too, too big on your lower torso. They have the same problems as bigger people. But when you can get comfortable in your skin, people can't get to you. And they realize it, so they, they stop trying. They can't tell you anything about how you look, or they can't say anything about your skin color, or you're overweight, or whatever. They can't, because you're secure in your skin, which allows you then to not get mad at everything. So there are some people that walk around with an angry face. They mean mug everybody. You, they be mean mugging, they'll mean mug the dog. They just always, rrr, rrr. they mad about life. They mad because it's Tuesday. Ah, I thought it was Friday. Rrr. Just wake up on the evil side of the bed. Which side of the bed is it? Whatever side you're getting off on. The truth of the matter is, when you love you, loving you, helps you to love others. Mother, you're right. Mother Wiggins said, love yourself. Loving you helps you to love others. Loving you means taking care of you, feeding you, making sure you're being good to yourself, making sure you're getting that balance between work and life, something I'm trying to learn how to do now. You know, when your life is ministry and ministry is your life, all the major days in your life are major days in the life of the church. So when you're taking off work, I'm going to work, but it's also my time to worship. So ministry is life and life is ministry. So now I've got to figure out, and I'm coming to this place now with my wife. She's been trying to help get me there to figure out how do you balance it? How do you make sure you're doing life and ministry at the same time? It's a good thing. You learn how to be secure in your own skin. All right, number four. Number four, and I'm, I'm calling number four simply sensible sayings. Sensible sayings. <coughs> Beginning at verse 12. The king's wrath terrifies like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is as refreshing and nourishing as the dew on grass. A foolish, ungodly son is destruction to his father, and the, con the contentions of a quarrelsome wife are like a constant dripping of water. House and wealth are the inheritance from the father, but a wise, understanding, and sensible wife is a gift and blessing from the Lord. Laziness casts one into sleep, unmindful of lost opportunities, and the idle person will suffer hunger. He who keeps and obeys the commandment of the Lord keeps and guards his own life. But he who is careless of his ways and, con and conduct will die. Let me, let me say a few things. All of these are good sayings. You're going to see repeated over and over again this notion of laziness which, which is something that the Bible preaches hard against. Because laziness for, for the scriptures is a sign that one 
does not care about the opportunities or blessings that are before him or her, and they don't take advantage of what God gives them to get. And then their laziness now puts them in a position to expect others to do for them what they could have gotten and done for themselves, but they've allowed that spirit to pull them away from it. There are two things that are repeated, this issue of laziness and then this issue of wives and husbands. So if you notice in verse 14, he says that house and wealth are the inheritance of the father. As if to say in a throwaway line, if you got money by inheritance, that's just because you were born in the right family. So you were just born in that family, so you got that. But if you got a good wife, he says that wife was a gift from God. Let me, let me, let me take it out of the patriarchal terms that it's written in and put it into modern day terms. If you got a good spouse, that spouse is a gift from God. The inheritance you got by gene pool. Your mama and daddy just got together in the right family and you just happened to be blessed. You just, you came out with it. You were born, Prince Harry was born into royal family. He didn't do anything to be royal other than to be a part of his father's gene pool. That's all. But a good wife, that's a gift from God. And, and what the text relates to is, and you're going to see this come up over and over again. One, one writer will put it this way. It's impossible to have a happy life without having a happy wife. Impossible to have a happy life without having a happy husband. The people say happy wife, happy life. Yes, it's impossible to have because tranquility within the house is more important than wealth in the bank. Because you can have money in the bank. I think the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp uh, lawsuit was for 50 million. I could be wrong on the numbers, but it's in the multi, multi, multi millions, tens of millions. And I do believe I'm right at 50. $50 million in the bank, but yet they get so angry with each other that she decides to defecate in the bed to show him how much she dislikes him. So he can come back and find feces in the bed. $50 million in the bank, but they throwing stuff at each other. $50 million in the bank, but they can't stand to look at each other. Money don't mean a thing. Even if you got that bling, money don't mean a thing. Money cannot buy you tranquility. It can't buy you peace, domestic happiness. It can buy trinkets, but not tranquility. It can fulfill lust, but it won't give you love. It can fulfill your urges, but it won't fill your most urgent need, which is to be comforted. And here he says to them, you understand this. Notice what he says. 
but a wife of understanding, a sensible wife. Listen to the way Proverbs put it. Proverbs in the Message Bible says, a parent is worn to a frazzle by an irresponsible child. A nagging spouse is a leaking faucet. House and land are handed down from parents, but a congenial spouse comes straight from the Lord. Let me say it again. You need to know, you need to know, you need to know. When it talks about a leaking faucet, it is the imagery not of a faucet at your house now. Because remember, they didn't, they didn't have indoor plumbing, so they weren't talking about a, a faucet drip, drip, dripping in your bathroom. Because, you know, you may have a drip, drip, drip faucet, and it could have been dripping for years, but you never paid no attention. Because it may not bother you. But what it's talking about is like a leak from your roof that keeps leaking and leaking and leaking, and over time, the house can become where it'll be ready to fall down from the rot, from the leaking water. And he says that that kind of chronic problem is the same as having a, a, a quarrelsome wife. It's the same issue lifted up over and over again. I'm going to see it two or three more times before we get to Proverbs 31, where we get to the ideal woman who is more than capable and industrious. And in many ways, she's a modern 21st century woman. She's out buying and selling into commerce. That Proverbs 31 woman is not just some submissive stay at home and can't go to the bank woman. No, she's a powerful figure. But what this scripture also re re speaks to, and we're going to get to it later on, is that the leaking is the same thing as the quarrelsomeness. Someone that's always starting arguments. I've been blessed, I tell you all the time, with a great wife, and I've got somebody who, who keeps the peace, who helps me to, to be who I am. I don't know if I make 36 years as a pastor if I, my wife was different during the 33 years of our marriage. I don't know that I make 36. It'll be 36 in, in October. I don't know that I make that. I don't ever make that, that, that time if I had a wife that was a problem, if going to church was an issue, if we were always fussing and fighting. I don't know how to make that. Because y'all might have seen me. I, I could have, you know, I, I got a little DMX in me. Y'all don't know that, but there's a little DMX in you too. You, you may not believe, you, you know, his song was before he died, his, one of the maybe songs, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me go all out, up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me act a fool, up in Y'all gonna make me lose my cool, up in here, up in here. Yeah, listen, DMX was on point there. Cause if you hit the wrong person, you know there's some people that can get on your last nerve and make you act a fool. Woo! Thank God for the one I got. That person said, ain't no woman like the one I got. <laughs> Woo! Listen, I got to keep going. I go. I only got a short time left. Listen. Number five. Number five. Number five. That's right. That's right. It, 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 don't disturb my peace. I need my peace. And don't disturb, damage my soul. Amen. Whew. People can show up. Yeah, see, I see you put that Beyonce out on me. You ain't going to break my soul. 
they ain't going to break my soul. I'm, they, they, they don't want nobody to break my soul. Listen, number five, number five is staking the Savior. Staking the Savior. Now, this one I really like, and I wanted to just do this as a separate one-verse bullet because <laughs> he says, he who is gracious and lends a hand to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his deeds. The message Bible puts verse 17, mercy to the needy is a loan to God, and God pays back those loans in full. So you gotta know, when you give, when I give someone a stake, it means I, I, I fronted you some money, I gave you a stake, he says you're staking God, you're putting it in God's hand. And when you stake God, God said, I got your back. You don't look for the poor to give it back to you. God said, I repay that debt. I repay it. I give it back. I bless you. I do it. Not, not God, not, not the poor, me. God says, I do it. And you've got to know that God is going to bless you when you bless others. That's right, Minister Calvin, I'm back. Listen, listen. God's going to bless you when you bless others. Amen? Number six, I'm going to get all of them in before I close tonight. Number six, it's in verse 18, 19, and 20. Let me read it first. Discipline and teach your son while there's hope. And do not indulge your anger or resentment by imposing inappropriate punishment, nor desire his destruction. A man of great anger will bear the penalty for his quick temper and lack of self-control. For if you rescue him and do not let him learn from the consequence of his actions, you will only have to re rescue him over and over again. Listen to counsel, receive instruction, and accept correction that you may be wise in the time to come. Listen, number six, stick without strife. Stick without strife. Number six, stick without strife. You know, we, we use the word stick as in punishment. You know, it's, it's either the carrot or the stick. So when you use stick, I use stick as in terms of punishment, not, not corporal punishment exclusively, but not dismissive of corporal punishment either. Stick without strife. And why do I say without strife? Because any discipline done in anger or that imposes an, in <coughs> an inappropriate punishment is wrong. I want my, my punishment to be corrective. I don't want my punishment to be harmful. I'm trying to win that person. I'm trying to save that person. I'm trying to get them in the right path. I'm not trying to hurt them. Why would I hurt them? I want to bless them. So you want to stick without strife, without being mean, without being evil. And you want it to be appropriate. Let the punishment fit the crime. Let the punishment fit the crime. 
Now, I don't care what you think about Brittany Gardner, Griner. I'm a Brittany Griner fan. I was a fan of Brittany Griner when she was in, in grammar school. I started watching her YouTube videos then. By the time she was in the late part of grammar school, in the middle school, she was already dunking a basketball. I knew she was going to be great. When she went to Baylor, I followed her career there. When she went to the pros, I followed her career in the pros. Number 32, BG, is in prison in, in Russia for carrying some form of, of marijuana liquid form, whatever. Uh, and I don't even know if she had anything with her or had the canister with her. But I know somebody talking about 11 years for carrying a canister, the punishment don't fit the crime. She's already been in there four or five months. That's more than fits the crime. What one has to realize is when the punishment doesn't fit the crime, then all of a sudden the whole world is out of whack. We've got a problem in this country where punishments and crime don't match. And I do think that one of the things that killed, and I am pro-BG, bring her home, bring her home, whatever it takes. Okay, but, but, but listen, I, I do want to say this. I do think a part of what hurt Hillary Clinton's campaign was the crime bill that her husband passed, that they thought was going to be so good, the three-strike bill, which ultimately was a trick against them and against the nation and made crimes that related to people who were poor, made them the kind of crimes that sent you away forever, and crimes that related to people who had wealth, not the same. So if you had cocaine, you might have did months. But if you had marijuana, you might have did years. You could have a pound of cocaine and an ounce of marijuana and get two completely different out-of-the-world decisions, particularly if you had any kind of record. What people realize is when punishment doesn't meet crime, there's going to be backlash. So what he teaches us is this. Don't give up on discipline, but discipline correctly. Don't give up on telling right from wrong, but do it appropriately. Do it within measure. Okay, number seven, number seven. And again, this one was so important, I, I put it out separately. Many plans are in the, verse 21, for those who follow me, Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many plans are in, the, in, a, in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand, and he says, be carried out. Verse 21 in the message Bible says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. Number seven is this. Strategize with suppleness. Strategize with suppleness. Now, this is a good one here. Ooh, this is a goodie. I feel it on this one. Why is that? Because we should make plans. We should look out and see what's going on. We should try to go forward. We should be there, and we should find a way to, to, to say, okay, in five years, this is my five-year plan. This is my 10-year plan. But the idea of being supple means being flexible. 
Meaning, I make plans, but if God doesn't see fit that my plan comes to pass, I receive what, what God gives me with joy. <coughs> I go back to the time my wife and I had our eyes on a house and we thought it was ours. We prayed over it. We were praying over it, circle around the block for it and believe in God we're going to get this thing. And it wasn't the plan of God. And the house God had for us was not a house that we would ever looked at. The problem is that if we think that because we don't get what we plan for, that God has failed us, we make a mistake. But if we believe that God has our best interest in our and that God is going to bless us and he's going to give us what we need and he's going to do what we, what we ask him, then what we will do is we'll receive the blessings of the Lord with gladness. We never wept one moment over what we lost because God had already placed what we needed there. And it was more than we could have ever asked for, more than we could ask or think. What I'm suggesting to you is plan flexibly. Plan saying, God, this is my best judgment, but if you have anything else you want to do, I'm open to whatever you will do in my life. Number eight. Number eight. Beginning at verse 22 to verse 24. That which is desirable in a man is, is his loyal and unfailing love. But it's better to be a poor man than a wealthy liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. The lazy man buries his head, his hand. Again, going back to the laziness, I told you it's going to keep me repeating. His hand in the food dish, but will not even bring it to his mouth again. Means he's got the blessing in his hand, but too lazy to feed himself. Here's number eight. Number eight is steadfast stature. Steadfast stature. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. The thing that God wants from us is that we would be the kind of people that are loving and loyal to God, serving God every day, that we will live with a, with a reverence for God, the word fear of the Lord is not be afraid. It's the word for reverence, awe, loving adoration. We, we live in that kind of life. And our stature, that is, we're growing up into the full measure of our personhood. That steadfast stature of spiritual maturity is demonstrated in loyalty and love, loyalty to God, loyalty to God's people, love for God's people, and that we continue to do that with an industry, industrious mindset, willing to bless others. I close on this one. <clears throat> Number nine. Let me get read it first. Strike a scoffer for refusing to learn, and the naive may be warned and become prudent. 
reprimand one who has <clears throat> understanding and a teachable spirit. He'll gain knowledge. He who assaults his father and chases away his mother <clears throat> is a son who brings shame and disgrace. Cease listening, my son. This, when you hear this, this is sort of like sarcasm. Go ahead, cease listening, fool, and, and to instruction and discipline. And you'll stray from the words of knowledge. A wicked and worthless wisdom witness mocks justice, but the mouth of the wicked spreads in iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of thick-headed fools. Number nine is the scoffer's shame. The scoffer's shame. Watch out, chapter 20 starts when I come back. Listen, you've got to realize that when you refuse instruction, we're back to the beginning. We're back to the three stooges. When you refuse instruction, you become a shame to your family, a shame to your God, a shame to the people around you, a shame to your whole community. I want to use A.J. Dillon again. I'm sure A.J. had nothing to do, no thought about his mother, his father, grandparents, anybody else in his mind. But when he was in the midst of that situation where it could have turned ugly, how he handled it brought pride to his entire community. His football community in Green Bay, his football community played with in high school here, his mother here in particular, his father, everybody. He brought pride to them. Why? Because of how he handled the works of enemy and the works of darkness. When one refuses instruction and will not have a teachable spirit, will not gain knowledge and insight, you now become the same <clears throat> as an individual that has assaulted your father, you've chased away your mother, and you brought yourself into shame and disgrace. Because your shame is not only yours, it is your community's. It is those who are closest to you. That's why I don't care how old I, I see some of our, the children of our, of our seasoned saints come home. I don't care how old they get. They'll still be seen. Their last names will change, but they'll still be seen. I, I, I see Candy's name up there. Candy, Candy's name is, is changed now. She's a Miles. But every, when she come home, everybody still sees her as a Wiggins. Darlene, she's still a Wiggins. Because you, you're in that family. Because whatever happens to you, happens to everybody. We, everybody, you're still a part of the whole. So your goodness, your graciousness, your love, your kindness makes the whole look good. When we walk in the absence of that, we make the whole look bad. That's why you bring joy. Each of us ought to seek to bring joy to our parents, those living and those sitting on the balcony of heaven 
right where my mom and daddy are. May they always be able to look down upon us as bringing them joy and never shame. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I love y'all. I'm back. So glad to be back. And I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed being here tonight and enjoy breaking in with you. Look, I'll be here Sunday morning. I'll be there. We're going to do it again. I'm going to look forward to being there. We'll be on the prayer line tomorrow. We're going to have great prayer. I'm looking forward to that. We've got great prayer set up. We're looking to have a great time tomorrow. Prayer tomorrow, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. community prayer. Amen. Wednesday worship, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. We're going to get down with the Lord. I look forward to you joining us in prayer. Deacon Medina's been holding us down the prayer line. He, he's got that down pat. He knows what he's doing. And I love him and appreciate him. And the preachers that have preached and taught, I'm going to thank them all on Sunday. But whoa! Y'all held us down. You know, I have always been a firm believer. And I've said this to the ministers a hundred times. And they think I'd just be talking. I have never thought for one moment in my life that I was the only one that God speaks to. I know God speaks to our preachers. I know God used each one of them. And I can see all of their growth and their spiritual maturity. And I'm so glad God gave me a chance to rest and recover and re-energize. But he also gave them a chance to stretch out their gifts and to walk in their anointing. And it was just such a blessing. Well, I love all of you, the love of the Lord. I celebrate you. I salute you. Continue to pray with us. Pray again uh, for uh, Deacon Daniels, who is home recovering from hip surgery, and for Brother Michael Watts, my cousin, who is recovering from his surgery. Continue to pray. Continue to pray for each other. We're glad to be back, glad to be in the service one more time. want to ask you to do me a favor. Give tonight. I've got a special thing I want to do for somebody, and I need your help. So I want you to plant a special seed tonight. Special seed tonight. I'm, going, I'm just, I'm just going to share with you. Somebody needs a blessing. They need, they're in a situation right now where they need to know, and I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for them right now. I just felt it dropping my spirit even heavy. They need to know that God is with them in the next move they're trying to make, and they need to feel God's love from God's people. And I see him in my mind. I see what he's going through. And I said to myself, okay, God, we're going to step out. So I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Thank you. Some people are saying, yeah, Deacon Medina. Amen. I want you to join me. Special seed tonight. Make sure you put it down. Benevolence, special seed. We're going to do something great. Okay. I want you to trust me. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to bless. Because I just feel God doing it. And while I was away, these deacon and deaconess, deaconess Medina, deacon, y'all, y'all, gay man, and y'all, y'all were holding it down, and they were still blessing people, still doing the benevolence, still doing what they're doing, because we we don't stop, don't stop, can't stop, won't stop. This is what we do. Love y'all. It's been a great night, Solomon. Thanks for holding it down, blood. We're so great tonight. Good to thank our AV ministry for all they've been doing. So great to be here. Amen. Thank Benjamin for getting his slides up there for us tonight. I'm just excited. I'm back. I'll see you on Sunday.
you be here, be in the worship and welcome me back. And also on Sunday, I want to celebrate my wife's birthday, which will be Sunday. Her birthday is Sunday. So I'm going to celebrate her birthday. Happy birthday, woman. Amen. And I can say for sure, you are not a leaky faucet. You are not a quarrelsome wife. I love y'all. I'm back. I'll see you next week. God bless you. You know what I say. Shalom. <laughs>